If I can invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, and I'm reading at verses 6 through 13. When Jesus was at Bethany visiting the house of Simon, who had a skin disease, a woman came to him with a vase made of alabaster containing very expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' head while he was sitting at dinner. Now when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. But Jesus knew what they were thinking. He said, Why do you make trouble for the woman? She's done a good thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. By pouring this perfume over my body, she's prepared me to be buried. I tell you the truth, that wherever in the whole world this good news is announced, what she's done will also be told in memory of her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated. About a mile and a half from Jerusalem, on the southeastern side of the Mount of Olives, sits the ancient location of the village of Bethany. A 2,000-year-old dwelling place and tomb are located here, that since the early 300s were identified as the home of Jesus' friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Bethany was the place in which Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The tomb from which he was called forth exists today, and one can descend into its cave and view the place where the dead came back to life. Bethany is also the location where Jesus, who was in the home of Simon the leper, was approached by a woman named Mary. She anointed Jesus' feet with expensive perfume and wept before him, drying his feet with her hair. Bethany is also the place from which Jesus departed to enter Jerusalem. This act is known as his triumphal entry and is commemorated with the church tradition of Palm Sunday. Short days later, Jesus would die on a cross for the sins of mankind. It was also near Bethany that Jesus would ascend into heaven after his resurrection. Today, Bethany is a part of the Arab city, El Itzaria, but its roots heavily touched the life of Jesus. One of his greatest miracles happened here. And even though the resurrection of Lazarus shows Jesus' godly nature, the same miracle also shows the beautiful humanity of Jesus. The shortest verse in the Bible happens in Bethany. Jesus wept. Well, it's good to be with you all this morning. I'm sorry we had to cancel last week, uh, although it would have been fun, all of us trying to come to church, wouldn't it? This morning, as you can see, we're beginning our sermon series where we're looking at places of the passion. As you can see this morning, we're talking about the small community of Bethany. As you've seen from the video we've watched, the community of Bethany was a small town, roughly two miles, mile and a half, two miles, uh, from the city of Jerusalem. And so in biblical times, it would have fallen outside of the city walls of Jerusalem. And so it would have been, you know, just a neighboring community where people lived near to that major city. 
According to my illustrated guide of the Holy Land, the community of Bethany is actually a relatively new official community because you cannot see where it is listed anywhere in the Old Testament. That doesn't mean people didn't live there, but it just means that in a biblical sense, we do not read anything about Bethany until we get to the Gospels and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, I was looking at Bethany and thinking about it and began to research it. And for those of you that, that have been to Israel, we've never been to Bethany. Because Bethany, when, when the, the uh, Israeli government built the wall to stop suicide bombing outside Jerusalem, uh, Bethany actually is, is in the West Bank. And so we've never been to Bethany or to uh, Lazarus's tomb, although I'd really like to go there someday. And so this morning, let's talk about what the significance of this community is. The significance as we've seen it is that the people who lived in Bethany were people that were friends with Jesus. And so we have a woman named Martha, a woman named Mary, and their brother Lazarus. And then in our scripture this morning, we read of someone else who is of significance to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that person is a man named Simon, who depending on your biblical translation, either says who had a skin disease or some scriptures actually just say Simon the leper. And so our scripture this morning begins with these words. When Jesus was at Bethany visiting the house of Simon who had a skin disease, we begin to go. Jesus was at Bethany. On Ash Wednesday, we read the beginning of this chapter of Matthew's gospel, chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. And we read the portion of scripture where Jesus told his disciples of what was going to happen, where basically he told them that that they were headed to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He also told them these words. He said, you know that the Passover is two days from now and the human one will be handed over to be crucified. And then Matthew tells us that in that time, the chief priests and the elders were plotting or trying to figure out a way to get rid of Jesus, to have him arrested. But the scripture tells us that they knew they could not do it during the Passover because they feared an uprising of the crowd. And so we might wonder today why Matthew is telling us that Jesus is not in the city of Jerusalem, but that he is in this out-of-the-way community. See, it's important because Matthew wants us to see some things. I think there's a twofold answer that first is that Jesus already had a relationship with people who lived in Bethany. We know that that Lazarus lived lived there. We know that his sisters, Mary and Martha, were there. We know that in other portions of the Gospels, Jesus has traveled to this community and stayed in these people's homes. We also know that he had healed the Simon the leper from leprosy. And so it's very likely that Simon would have opened his home to Jesus as a way to thank him, as a way to demonstrate gratitude to him for what he had done and for the way that through his actions, Jesus had welcomed this man back into the community. Because we know how people in in biblical times were treated when they had leprosy. They were outcasts. They had to live outside of the community. They couldn't come in contact with their loved ones or their friends. Their employment essentially ended because people were so afraid that, that they would catch it from them. And so Simon has likely opened his home to Jesus because he had the room, knowing the disciples are also there. And then he is most likely allowing them to stay with him so that he can demonstrate gratitude. 
But see, there's also a second and more practical reason that was most likely there was no room available for Jesus and the disciples in Jerusalem. The Passover time in the city of Jerusalem in biblical times as well as today is a city that fills up during this week surrounding the Passover feast. And so it's highly likely that there were just no rooms that were available for Jesus and the disciples. During his time, it was estimated that the city of Jerusalem has 30,000 people on average. During the Passover feast, this number multiplied by six to over 180,000 people. So if you picture a city, and then a city that is filled with so many travelers and pilgrims, that every spare bedroom, every spare room, every room that is rented, every room anywhere is occupied for this week. So it could be that Jesus and the disciples stayed at their friend's house out of necessity. You know, I was thinking a comparison to that would be, you know, Clovis, we have what, roughly 40,000 people in the, the Curry County? How would it be if we had our population multiplied by six for a week? If you don't like driving down Prince on a regular day, multiply that by six, right? The hotels would love it. But just think of how crowded it would be, whether it would be the roads, the restaurants, the grocery stores would be picked over. Everything vacant would be filled. And so where would Jesus and the disciples would have stayed? Well, Texaco or Melrose or Grady. Any one of the smaller communities, right, that's on the outskirt of a larger community. I mean, you could do this for whatever community, wherever. And so Jesus is in Bethany. And Matthew writes that they're in the home of Simon the leper. Simon has been healed by Jesus, and, and uh, others have probably not visited his home. But Jesus is there, and then Matthew tells us something that's very important. So is Mary. Go back and read the Gospels. So often we read different accountings of what has occurred. So often in the Scriptures we read different things that have happened. And, and the people, the men are listed, but often the women are not listed. But Matthew has an important thing for us to see when he says, Jesus is in the home of Simon the leper with the disciples and so is Mary. And so it reads this. A woman... All right, so here's where you have to read another gospel. John chapter 12 tells us her name is Mary. Came up to him, came up to Jesus with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it over his head as he reclined at the table. John 12, 5 tells us that the perfume that Mary used was worth up to a year's income in those times. That's a lot of money to drop in one action, is it not? And so as the disciples watch, Mary does two things. She pours out this entire bottle of perfume over Jesus. She doesn't treasure it or keep it. She gives it to God, and in doing so, she pours it on his head as an anointing. So who else do we read about in the scriptures that get anointed? It's the king's. It's people that are chosen by God to do specific things for very specific purposes and reasons. So like in this picture right here, this is the prophet Samuel anointing David. 
When Samuel has, has declared that Saul is no longer the anointed king of God and that God had chosen David, a man after his own heart, to be the king. And so Mary's actions on that day did more than, than just per, put perfume on Jesus' head. She did something that, that demonstrated to everyone who she believed Jesus was and who they needed to believe that Jesus was. And that was like the, David getting anointing. She wanted them to see that Jesus was the king. And so that's what Matthew wants us to see and to understand this morning. He wants those of us who read his gospel to, to understand as we think about all that he has already written and then as we think about the events that are going to unfold in the coming days to see is that this is not just a man who is having this done to him, but this is Jesus who is the king, the one that they have been waiting for, the one that they have been looking for, the one that they have been promised, and the one who is the Messiah, right? And so Matthew says in Matthew 21, verse 5, See, your king comes to you when Jesus enters the city. Matthew 27, 37, there's a sign that hangs over the cross above Jesus' head. And what did it say? This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And so what Matthew wants us to see and to remember is that Jesus is the king, not Caesar, not anyone else. And so he tells us that, not through the ministry of one of the disciples, but he tells us that through the action of this woman named Mary. And Matthew 26 verses 8 and 9 tell us the reaction of the disciples as they witness this extravagant love. Now when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. Are they happy? No. Do they understand why she's doing it? Definitely no. In her opinion, or in their opinion, what they think that Mary has done is over the top, don't they? In fact, one of them says that that perfume should have been sold, the money taken and given to the poor, or it could have been used for the ministry of Jesus or whatever else. But Mary chose to live by one word and to model her life by one word and to model how she reacted to the grace and love and everything else that was offered to her by God through Jesus Christ. And that one word that she used is give, was it not? Because when she looked at the ministry of Jesus, when she looked at the things that he had done, her reaction was to give. To give in the way that she worshiped God and to give in the way that she chose to follow Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is a short distance, friends, from the city of Jerusalem. He's what, a mile and a half, two miles from the temple? Historical of accounts have shown that, that during the time of Passover, the Romans actually brought in legions from surrounding communities. So from Syria and other parts of the empire to be in Jerusalem during the week of the Passover. Because they feared the potential of, of, of uprising and, and of people rising up when this city swelled to such a large population of people. But here we see the real events happening. The real upheaval, the real king being chosen, don't we? And it's not in the temple of Jerusalem, but it's in this tiny city community called Bethany, outside of the walls. It's this place where Mary has demonstrated her generosity and her belief that in following Jesus, we are to give our best. 
And so she did. But it's also where Matthew shows us that those who knew Jesus best, who probably should have understood, who probably uh, would, well, as we look at them today, we go, how did they miss it? But they didn't fully understand her, her actions, did they? Instead of recognizing her action as an anointing, they instead complained to Mary that, that she sacrificed too much for Jesus. See, they haven't yet found or discovered. They haven't yet figured out what it means to follow Jesus Christ. But Mary has shown us how she has figured out what it means for us to follow Jesus. So when Jesus hears the disciples' indignation and their response to what Mary has done, he says this, But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Mary's prepared Jesus for burial. So put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Don't you think that they immediately wondered what Jesus meant when he said burial? Don't you think they immediately wondered and, and they had not yet put it together where when he says he's heading into to, uh, the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and in the second verse of Matthew 26 where he says the human one is going to be handed over? They still didn't get it. They didn't get what he meant when he said he would be betrayed, when he said he would be punished, when he said he would be put to death. They didn't want to believe that what Mary had done was not to just pour expensive perfume upon him, but to prepare his body for burial and to designate that he was the king of all. And so Mary's done it all. She's given Jesus everything of value that she has. This bottle of perfume... She's prepared Jesus for his burial. She's set the stage for the pending betrayal by Judas, for his denial by Peter, for his trial by Pilate, for his scourging and being mocked, for his being abandoned by God on the cross and his death. Mary's given everything because she recognized before anyone else that Christ's death would give everything for us. That his death would pay for all sin for all people and for all time. And all of this is set into place as Mary fills the home of a man named Simon the leper in Bethany with the smell of this perfume. There was only one thing she could do for Jesus, and that was to give. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, wherever the whole in the whole world this good news is announced, what she's done will also be told in memory of her. See, Jesus is telling us what the kingdom of God is about. It's not hoarding or gaining or stockpiling. The kingdom of God is not about getting, but it's about giving. And about how God's giving and kingdom is, is choosing in the, in the ways that we are able to give in response for what Jesus has done for us. And so as Jesus prepared for that, that final Passover, Mary chose to show us and to demonstrate to him her belief that the kingdom of God is about giving lavishly, about being generous, and about living joyfully in response to the presence of Jesus in our lives. Because what he said about Mary, he has said about no one else in the Gospels. 
Wherever in the world this good news is announced, what she's done will be told in memory of her. So thanks to Mary on that day in Bethany, we can see how God invites us to give of our best, to give of ourselves, and to see that in His kingdom, we can experience joy. Amen.